Hello, and welcome to the Brain Mastery Podcast, brought to you by ABI Wellness. This series features renowned experts on brain injury, brain health, and rehabilitation. Be sure to visit abiwellness.com for more resources. All right, everyone, welcome back to the Brain Mastery Podcast. Uh, today's episode, we're recording on a sunny Friday in Fullerton, California, and also I'm up here in beautiful Vancouver, British Columbia, but I think we're both blessed with the sun today, which is awesome. You know, we're sitting here in, in September, just getting into the fall, and today's episode is, it, you're going to want to listen up on this one because it really relates to overcoming adversity, serving the community in a way that can help to create a better future for everyone, even in spite of difficult challenges and circumstances that led people into a certain role of service of situation. So today's guest is Dr. Daniel Ignacio. I hope I did okay on the last name. Uh, Daniel is somebody with lived experience around brain injury, but also took that extreme challenge that occurred and then built an amazing foundation of expertise, of education, and started to help to create the kind of change in the world that he wanted to see happen following his life-changing challenge. So, Daniel, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Good morning. Good morning. So, Daniel's with a great organization called St. Joe's that is, that is very well known kind of around the country. So, Daniel, why don't you quickly help our audience to understand kind of where you grew up, who you are, and then kind of what led you into this field? Yes. Uh, and so it, it's been a fantastic existence so far. And so, you know, the, the story for me, I'm originally from California. Um, I'm from Northern California, the Bay Area. I, I'm a very proud Bay Area resident. Temporarily, I relocated to uh, uh, Southern California and Fullerton. Mm -hmm. So it's about an hour south of Los Angeles. And so, yeah, growing up, you know, same thing. I was always, you know, blessed with with the most, but I always had enough. And so, yeah. I, I had uh, very loving parents. Uh, I I can't say enough about my mother and father, absolute saints. And I have a younger brother. I'm blessed with a younger brother, so I am the older brother figure some most of the time. <laughs> and so, uh, yeah, and I they take care of me very well. And uh. uh Really, what kind of led me to the field of brain injury is, of course, brain injury myself. Um, mm -hmm. And I think I speak for a lot of individuals who are in the field who they have in one shape or form, either themselves or with a loved one or caregiving for a loved one, have been touched chronically by this condition. And, you know, the, the condition, I, I can't stress enough, and, and so many I can can relate is it, it has been termed in so many different platforms as the invisible disorder, right? Yeah. And so yeah, someone may uh, look fine physically, but maybe experiencing the 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 struggles that come along with you know a, a, a brain injury or a TBI. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be framing most of my my conversation around TBI, and yeah. of course. It's not the only kind of brain injury, right? There, there are multiple different kinds. Like TBI is a subtype of acquired brain injury. Other types include like cerebrovascular accidents or strokes, anoxia, yeah. oxia, 
uh, infections and cephalitis, meningitis, et cetera. And then, of course, there's the non the non acquired brain injury, and those are things that are hereditary or congenital, like cerebral palsy, um, trisomy twenty one or Down syndrome, and then um, like progressive dis- conditions like Alzheimer's, frontotemporal dementia, and those kinds of and, and the like. So, I mean, well, I, I, as our audience can tell, you know, Daniel, and this is something that I really respect about him, and I've known Daniel for a while, a couple of years probably. And I just appreciate you sharing the story. It's something that really stands out to Daniel. Clearly, he's a bright guy, okay? Uh, but also something that really stood out for me with Daniel was after he went through his injury, then he saw a problem and an interest that, that needed solving. And for our audience, sort of, sort of many of the people who listen to this, these could be people with lived experience, uh, Daniel, but these also could be people who are clinical, who are out there doing good work like you and uh, doing support work, uh, maybe occupational therapy, maybe speech language pathology, perhaps people who work sort of in physiatry and everything sort of in between, maybe neuropsychology. Something that is really remarkable about you, Daniel, and I know you're humble, guys, so you're not going to like this part of it, so you might start blushing, is that Daniel received a doctorate, <laughs> okay? He finished a master's, and now he's working within the hospital system, helping others that have had a brain injury. Daniel. Talk a little bit to that, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, and, and so I am like, after my brain injury, I, I think it was, so it was about 15 years ago and some change. So 2008, January 7th, 2008, and clearly that, that date has mm-hmm. a special meaning for me. Um, of course. And, and so on this day, I was uh, on a, a three-story balcony, a four-story balcony, and um, I was assaulted and pushed off of a, a three-story balcony, and I had fallen about 40, 38 feet. And uh, when I had landed, I had, of course, a traumatic brain injury. I had a little bit of bleeding, and then I had popped my left lung, so I had some pneumothorax. And so, at, as you can see, I had multiple kinds of brain injury. So I had hypoxia a little bit of hemorrhaging, uh, a traumatic brain injury. And so there was a lot of different brain injuries that were happening compounded on each other. And so after I had been uh, staying there for about two hours, I was picked up by um, an ambulance and I passed out and I stayed out for about a month. So I was I was in coma for a month. And um, after, you know, getting out of coma, uh, I had the, the you know, the speech therapy, the occupational therapy, all that acute and subacute therapy. And that was fantastic. It was great. So shout outs to all those providers that are doing that great work. And then it was post-acute. I got that stuff um, like in a post-acute setting. So in an outpatient kind of thing. But then once all that ended, so once my, basically once my insurance stopped paying for that, my parents can't afford that. And so like that's, and so that was it. And so now I'm in a phase where that it's getting less, it's getting more attention now, but generally it's gotten less attention. It's the community reintegration phase. It's the post post acute phase. Right. Right. And in that I, I, we were looking to see what was there, what was available, what I could access with limited resources. And, you know, that, pursuit led to a curiosity of course like to how, how can i fix myself in in that pursuit uh, i learned some tricks some tools some strategies my whole life is built up like my keys are attached to my pants like you can't see it but like my, <laughs> i have 
a pencils, phone, it's all connected to my person. So and so if I if I lose my keys, that means I don't have my pants on and I probably have a bigger problem than yeah. I, right. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so like these are all things that are kind of learned informally and some formally. And through that formal process, I went and I, you know, I was 18 at the time of my accident. And so I had a whole college degree ahead of me. And that was a learning experience in and of itself, just the learning to learn. So, so, so what's really interesting to me, again, I can't highlight this enough, folks, uh, for our listeners. When someone goes through a brain injury, that's a, that's a, that can be a really traumatic and life-changing event. And no judgment. Some people are una- unable to continue with activities of daily living because of this injury. And but what I want to highlight with Daniel is the mindset that you're hearing here. It's something that's really interesting, and I'm not going to over or understate this. I'm just going to state the facts. So here's someone that's a UCLA clinical neuropsychology postdoctoral fellow, a certified brain injury specialist uh, within the St. Jude Brain Injury Network. He's on the California Department of Rehabilitation PBI board. Okay. He does family support, you know, RNN family support <laughs> with clear motivation. This guy, you know, in talking with him, his energy stands out. You can tell you may not be able to see his face, but he's smiling away here. I want to help encourage people that might be listening, that might have a loved one, that might be having a really hard time right now. One of your gifts, Daniel, is inspiration. And if you could maybe speak to um, all of these certifications, folks, were done post-injury by yes. Daniel. Okay. Yes. All of this occurred post-injury. So when I, as our audience may know, I've been involved in helping to support and, and conduct and do some um, research and also, you know, uh, innovative programs that Daniel knows, looking at cognition. But many people have been told, uh, and many clinicians w- would say, you know, when someone's had a pretty profound brain injury, we need to kind of compensate around these newly found weaknesses. We need to take it slow. We need to take it easy. So, Daniel, what's your encouragement to the people that might be listening here? Um, yeah, and so I, I also want to be sensitive to, of uh, course, please, the rain, please. The rain here. And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm speaking from my personal experiences, and and from what I've seen is, you know, generally, for brain actually, and and if we're talking about classifications here, by all definitions and uh, all in all senses of the words. I had a medically severe traumatic brain injury. I was out for a month. I have diffuse external injury. By all meanings, medical, brain imaging, all of that, in all senses of the word, I had a medically severe traumatic brain injury. But, you know, I'm fortunate enough that physically I was able to uh, regain that. I was in a wheelchair for a while, but, you know, with the help of physical therapy and so much so physical therapy helped me so much that it inspired my younger brother who was 16 at the time to get a doctorate and so he's a doctor in physical therapy he was so inspired by what that field was able to do for me that he went and got certified in that field you know from a research perspective and a clinical perspective you know i i've worked with a lot of survivors a lot of families done a lot of research into it, published even. Um, And so it is a scaffold process. And of course, clearly there are exceptions, but generally speaking, 
it is a condition that is invisible, true, but is I, I think it, it is completely treatable. It's manageable. And so when I say treatment, I, I don't mean cure, right? I still have my difficulties. I'm not saying that I don't. I, I'm just saying that by treatment, I mean managing so that the problems are, are not that big of problems. Like you find ways to compensate, like you were saying, Mark. And mm-hmm. so building in systems, like um, uh, what's a, uh, D- Dr. Danny Kahneman, he was a Nobel Peace Prize. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Thinking pro- fast and slow. Yeah, 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 prospective hindsight, right? Um, mm-hmm. Like thinking about if hindsight is quote unquote 2020, if you can think to the future about what some of the problems might be, what systems can you build in today so that the problems of tomorrow aren't that big of problems? And so, and that, that prospective hindsight is really foundational to starting to set up those compensatory systems. Um, and those support systems. And that is really where I, I've seen in, in, in the support group and in, you know, working in the community is that these supports, if they can be set up, they can really help move along a survivor in that community reintegration phase. And mm-hmm. so what I have really been humbled to experience and which is really feeling why I'm so passionate about this work is those support systems and they, they look slightly differently depending on like what your needs and your symptoms yeah. of course. Yeah. And and but what I've been really humbled to really appreciate is the wide vast range of accessibility. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and so like for, for all survivors. And so if we could say like, okay, generally, if we can put in the right supports, the, the condition is treatable or manageable, I should say it's manageable. Um, and so in managing this condition, you are needing to find access to the supports and those supports, be it, you know, if you're fortunate enough to have a family like I was, and if you're fortunate to have like the resources to which, you know, I, I always had enough, you know, uh, anyone, we could all have more. Right. And so it is just um, and, and being able to health insurance um, and all those things, like even myself, I, there was a limit when those supports ended for me. And when those supports are taken, right, or they're gone away or they're taken away. There, there is that profound sense of loss, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and and you know anyone with neurologic trauma can can experience that. Like it, it's a loss that is it's ambiguous. It's like uh, the 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 term that you know support groups really that our support group has really been talking about is called an ambiguous sense of self or an ambiguous loss. Like I might look the same, I might sound the same. I might even taste the same, but I'm different. Here's a question, and we'll do another one of these. If we, uh, I think just so much in what you're saying, and but I know you've got to start your support group. You've got to serve others. Coming up real quick here. So something I want to kind of ask you is: we talked about compensatory strategies, but there's another side of that coin, and you know the restorative. Like clearly, you're you're functioning quite well, like, like or 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 you're not. But you're no, yeah. I mean, well, relatively speaking, right? Yeah. Speaking, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So, what what role does does and, and what sequence did 
sort of the restorative work, both physically and cognitively play prior to the compensatory strategies. Maybe unpack that just a tiny bit for our listeners so they can start to comprehend. Because there might be someone listening saying, okay, I've just had my brain injury. I was in a motor vehicle accident, you know, eight months ago. I'm struggling. Daniel is a doctor, <laughs> you know. Um, how it took me how, 15 years, though. <laughs> fair enough. But how do I think about um, restoring some function along with comp- compensating around some function? Because you're an expert on this. So maybe help unpack that a little bit for our listeners. Yeah. And I actually, that's a really great uh, question. Right? And, Thank you. In terms of... Uh, one a year. I got one a year. <laughs> Perfect. And I got it. <laughs> Go ahead. Great. Please. Yeah. And so, um, like the, uh, and so for listeners, uh, there's when we're talking about cognitive training or cognitive rehabilitation, there's two real general camps. One, mm-hmm. uh, one's a compensatory, and compensatory is you're compensating for some of the difficulties. And so it's like building in systems. Right calendars, alarms, reminders, those kinds of things. Um, And then there's the other kind where it's a restorative, right? Where it's like repetitive or repeated sort of exercises to get you to a place where you're you're regaining the, the skills that you may have lost. Whereas the other side is just managing or treatment as uh, managing as, as we were saying earlier. So both are, equally as important and actually you know uh, one is uh, clearly it, it's it's a, a bit you know uh, depending of course on the situation could be more accessible right because you know uh you just use a calendar or you know all of these other strategies and then the restorative piece is it, it's physical exercise is a very nice uh, metaphor to uh, or analogy here is uh, if you've gone to the gym or you've worked out or you're trying to build muscle, you, you're you not going to be able to to go the 50, 100 pounds right, right at the jump. And right, so right. And, and I think a really thing about the and start of build, so start slow, scaffold to more and more complexity until you can sort of manage things independently, right, which I have been blessed to do following a severe traumatic brain injury. Um, and so, you know, at the very least, I know for a fact that it works, right? Because I've mm-hmm, done it. Mm-hmm, Is it going to work mm-hmm, for everybody? Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, you know, uh, you know, there's all kinds of different factors for everything. But at the very least, I know that it works. Um, and so, and, and the two things, compensatory and restorative, it's not one or the other. I, I think so many people get caught up in like, oh, am I going to do this? Or that? And so clearly, if you've got limited resources, you've got to go to one or the other, but you can move back and forth. And I actually think the moving back and forth is, I think, a very necessary step. Moving back and forth between restorative and compensatory. Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, you know, I've, uh, you know, physical therapy, occupational therapy, OT in the acute and subacute phase it got me to a point where I'm medically stable, quote unquote, right? So they could put me in a room and I won't die. And so, um, and so those have brought me up to a point where then I could implement some restorative things. And then, then I go back to compensatory. And I- Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. That's really good. And, and something that I've found, and I know you've got to go, this is meant to be a quick one. I ask too many questions. I'm a part of the problem here. If there's one sort of 
when you think about just rolling and you only get one, when we think about a frustration in the world of brain health in general, Daniel, what's one frustration that you might have about the, about the field? Um, I, I think, <laughs> right. You got this. It's fun. You got this. Right? Your mind's going so fast, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so as I'm kind of whittling that down, I'm going to uh, uh, go back to the last question because it's good. It's a good, it's your one good one. Thank for you. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, and then so uh, for, for my case, the reason I have so many jobs is I didn't start with all those jobs all at once. It was one at a time. And then I went back to compensatory. Then I added a second job, went back to compensatory. And then all these jobs, I had to set shift. I had to plan, organize. I had to, you know, mm. uh, I had to set people up. I had to contact. I had to do social. I had to call. I had to organize things. And so basically all of those jobs were like informal restorative exercises. Mm. And so, uh, and, Interesting. And so, which has brought me to where, where I honestly think where I am now. It upped your function is what you're saying. Having to do so much independently actually upped your cognitive function. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. And because it's work, I had to do it every day. Wow. Yeah. Holy smoke. So that is, thank you for finishing that. And so to get back to the other question, because um, I think it's a great one. And I have... I have, uh, a t- you, we got two already. You got two so far. And so, um, is, um, I pinpointed it. So I, I think, um, it's the silos. Mm, yeah. It, it's the silos. And, and what I mean by that is the treatment and the management and the systems and implementation. And then, all of that is like, you've got to get a piece here and a piece there and a piece there and a piece there. And then all the pieces are basically saying like, you don't need the other pieces. You just need this piece. You need everything. You need everything. Right. And so, and, and part of the, the silo I, I think is, is, you know, partially due to our healthcare system and, our, yeah. and so, you know, like, and that's a whole nother can of worms so much so that I'm going back to get an MPH at the end of this month. I'm starting a program at UCLA to to kind of figure this out. Um, and the siloed healthcare is significant and considerable, especially in consideration of TBI, right? And you know, of course, all brain injuries as well, is that it is a not only is it invisible, it's a neuropsychiatric condition. And what I mean by that is like survivors will very commonly bring up anxiety depression i'm very stressed stress right i'm disorganized i'm very stressed and so that could that could literally come from like there's a slight deficit in your cognitive ability yeah yeah and it might come from you know direct insult and then you and then you take it easy and then of course and then if you take it easy for a week a month six months a year now you've got this cognitive deconditioning process happening. And so it's neuropsychiatric because the cognitive deficits are leading. And because you're so disorganized and unable to manage things independently, you have the anxiety, the depression, and the stress. Yeah. And so in that sense, it's not just a psychiatric condition. It's a neuropsychiatric condition. And, you know, the research, and so this is the research realm, is you know, all mental health, 
right? Maybe them they really might all be a neuropsychiatric condition in the sense that mental health, physical, medical health, they're interactive. And so, I mean, just thinking about how we talk about things like, oh, we have different doctors or thing, which makes sense. But also in terms of insurance, yeah, you know, you have medical care and then you have, uh, you know, mental health, behavioral health. It's all a separate thing. And so because those are all separate, they're creating silos. And for something, uh, and now we're not saying TBI is the only one, but there are tons of other conditions where it requires an interdisciplinary approach. Right? Yeah. Now, is that so, so far-fetched? Because the brain, something as comprehensive as the brain, it holds your memories, it holds your personality, your skills, your talents, everything that you love, everything that you care about, everything that you're good at, right? All the things is housed in this three-pound mass of cells between your ears. And so injury to something this comprehensive is clearly going to take an interdisciplinary approach. And yeah. so a siloed healthcare system is setting up these survivors for failure. Yeah, no, it's such a good point. And I, I couldn't agree more. And I think you're so right, like about the silo nature. It's a real issue. And and it, and, and we have to be patient. I think this is the thing. We can't yeah. be too overly fired up because systemic and behavioral change takes a lot of time. And, um, you know, so we, we have to be patient on that. And but just listen to what Daniel said there, because I think I think it's a really, really uh, salient point, because not only is he talking about this from lived experience, but he also has the clinical and organizational experience as well. Yeah. So, Daniel, um, I want to thank you again. I, uh, I what I'd like to, to say is that was there an influence, one particular influence that you'd like to share that really helped to influence you in this work? Um, a book. It could be a book. It could be a professor. It could be anything. Uh, I I think uh, you know as uh, and since the audio and, and everyone is seeing, but um, we have uh, support group members coming in, and you know uh, if you're asking for the influence, I mean influence aside from my mother, of course, and my father, yeah. my of family, course. Um, of and you know, I, and through prayer, I, I remember there was a saying that came to me in my recovery that really framed and change things for me. It's, we are blessed with hardships to humble us as it is the meek who shall inherit the earth. Mm. And, and I would say that on a road until I stepped away from my wheelchair for the first time unassisted. And I could remember all mm. of my friends and the inside jokes that we shared. There's so much cognitive ability that goes in remembering an inside joke that yeah, I yeah. didn't realize it until yeah. it was on. And so when it came back, I realized what that meant. That Beautiful. I inherited a lens of appreciation. Beautiful. Uh, you know, uh, Beautiful. A lens of appreciation that, uh, and the support group members here, we call it cognitive privilege. So if we're talking about um, the, the strategies, the compensatory strategies, the restorative strategies, all the things that you could do, you're looking for a community, you're looking for mm -hmm. these tips, these tricks, the, the ways to navigate the healthcare system um, for hope. I, I think there's so much inspiration that I get here myself every week is these support. Sure. And it's, uh, you know, uh, and they're available in person, Fullerton, California, our South of Los Angeles. And it's also more available online. And so virtually Amazing. Zoom. Amazing. And so most of our attendance 
comes in virtual. I love it. Well, thank you. I want to thank everyone. Have a wonderful Friday. Daniel, we're going to have you on again, as long as you're up for it, okay? And thank Absolutely. you. Some of the support group members are saying hello. Wonderful. Thank you for, for being a part of helping to create a, a better world for everyone. So uh, thank you so much. And um, we'll see everybody on the next episode. If this one hit home for you, I'd ask that you download it and share it. You know, there's a lot of support out there. I know there needs to be more. And we're trying to help to do that. But uh, thank you so, so much. And we'll see everybody in the episode. Download, share, subscribe. Brain Mastery Podcast. Thank you so much for continuing to listen to the Brain Mastery Podcast. We're super grateful for the community of supporters of this podcast. Again, this podcast was designed with an intention and an objective, and that was to share stories of rehabilitation, of recovery from brain injury, to really interview some of the leaders out there to provide more hope to community members. So thank you again for all of the support with that. If this episode resonated for you and had value for you, we just ask, please download and share it. Please also, if you wouldn't mind, rate the podcast. Those ratings really matter and help us to spread the message. If you're a clinical provider out there, meaning a physical therapist, an occupational therapist, or somebody who just works with people with brain injury and want to learn more about the BEARS platform, we've tried to make it as easy as possible for you to do so. Just go to www.abiwellness.com to learn more about how to get involved. Uh, training is very accessible and we've tried to make it very, very easy for people to get access to this neurorehabilitation platform. Thank you again for your support and we'll see you on the next episode. The statements made regarding the Bears platform and ABI Wellness have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of the Bears platform has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. The Bears platform is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions or other possible complications before using any product. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice.